Hey there, everyone. This is Pastor Ryan from Mountain View. I just wanted to take a quick second and thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We we hope that this message just fills your soul. It fills your heart. Uh, we pray that this message impacts your life in some way, shape, or form, and the gospel just changes you. So thank you so much for tuning in for the Mountain View podcast. We hope you enjoy. And our and our most, can you hear me now? Okay. So if it gets too loud, just somebody just turn it down. I might get loud. Uh, it could get loud. But um, our most recent church uh, we had was a church start in Berkeley. And then uh, that was an adventure. Then we moved here. And that's a whole nother talk. But the uh, most important thing to know about me is I love coffee. I mean, I love coffee. And I, I think my husband does too, and we need an intervention. If you walk into our kitchen, you should see our kitchen. I mean, coffee things everywhere. We've got a, a hot water carafe. We've got a Keurig, you know, on one counter. Then we've got this, uh, have you ever had um, pour-over coffee? We have a, a, a thermos, very expensive. My husband bought it for me for Valentine's Day. Very expensive with a beautiful carafe, the pour-over. And then we have another hot pot that you boil. Because my husband also, then we also have French press. Anybody have French press? Yes. Oh, okay then. You know what? It's still too strong. So, so what we do is my husband has his French press. And then I'm working on my pour-over in the morning. And then after about two or three, I'm like, oh, this is getting too tiring. I'm going to go back, and then I go back to the Keurig. And so, yeah, so this is, this is how we live. And then we've we got to remember, and then you can't imagine, then there are the pots, you know, those little things, those recycles you fill the coffee with and you put in the Keurig. Well, they're all over the, they're all over the, nearby the kitchen sink, so we've got to dig those out. But, you know, um, the thing is, is that um, life, we live in the woods in Redmond, and life is so unpredictable there. I mean, let me tell you. You probably know if you live anywhere in the woods that anything can happen. We have power failures. Uh, uh, there'll be landslides. We had a landslide that blocked our road for days and flooded highways, as you know. You can relate to all this. And then... Last winter, we had so much snow. Some of you remember the snow we got. Well, we were, we were stuck in our driveway because guess what? We didn't have a shovel. So, and, uh, and, and so not, none of the neighbors had one either. So we were stuck. And so, um, so, like I said, and then, of course, then you have to remember the bobcats, the bears. And then there's, there's so many things. And then, of course, then we have the mice have moved in, and I'm thinking of charging them uh, rent. Uh, so, um, but, you know, I can handle, you know, I can handle this stuff. It's okay. Uh, but it's when you run out of coffee. Now, that's a crisis, isn't it? Total. I mean, I can, you know, I take me anywhere. I can go anywhere. Just don't, don't let me go anywhere without coffee. But today, uh, I want to talk about a woman who had a real crisis. And uh, this woman, I, uh, 
Because I found that what she had was something special. She had what I call stubborn hope in her situation. And right now what I want to do is, let's just come with me and we're going to go walk back in time through her story. And if you have your Bible with you or your app or whatever, or you can just listen, whatever works for you, you can, we're going to start with uh, Mark 5. And um, uh, I'm just going to pray for just a minute here before we begin. Lord, we thank you for uh, being here today. Thank you for your power. Thank you for working in the lives of each individual here, Holy Spirit. Uh, I ask that you speak to us today, and I just we're just giving this time to you, God. And I'm asking for your agenda this morning, not mine or not ours. And we thank you for what you're about to do. So we have, uh, look at Mark 5. Mark 5. So recently, um, uh, so Jesus and his disciples, you see that they have traveled to the west side. Uh, this is the background of the Sea of Galilee. And um, it was probably a place called Capernaum. And, and when he gets there, uh, there's this huge crowd that's there. And so here it is where Jesus, uh, right here is where Jesus meets Jaira, Jairus, and he's, he's a big deal. This Jairus, he's a big deal because he's a ruler of a synagogue. And uh, so Jairus is begging him to come and heal his daughter. And so while on his way with Jairus to heal his daughter, Jesus is followed by this huge crowd of people. And then there's an interruption. Jesus is on his way. Jairus is begging, oh, come, come with me and help heal my daughter. And then an interruption. So, what, so Mark, what he, he draws our attention to one particular woman. Interesting, all these people, all these people in the crowd, there's one person that he, he, he could write about many, but he writes about this one woman uh, of, and, and in this particular chapter. And I'm going to read, it says, Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. So what, what do we know? What do I know about this woman? And I wasn't there, but, you know, when I think about her, I think my initial image is this gaunt, little shabby, old, decrepit, woman with gray hair and dirty clothes. And, but you know, I don't think that was the case. I think that um, is the lifespan at that time was about 40. So if you do the math and you think that her condition, uh, she was in her condition for maybe um, 12 years, she may have been a young girl, a young woman. But you know, her physical ailments don't even capture which she might have been going through. You know, she has this 12-year sentence. With, there's just no, no end in sight. And, and um, she must have been uh, in deep, deep despair. And um, uh, magic, magic and sorcery uh, were just common. And she, she tried so hard to... Uh, to to overcome the situation. She tried all these doctors. And, and so a little bit about her. She lived, she lived beneath this cloud of shame. So this woman, what was happening to her, have you ever experienced rejection? If anybody has, this woman really experienced it full on. And 
So she, uh, it was ongoing in the religious world. She was considered, I guess she was considered unclean, ritually unclean and untouchable. So she was not able, because of her condition, she was not able to touch anybody. And if anybody touched her in the religious community, they would have to go and take a bath because this is this is how this this was how she was viewed as is this unclean she was viewed as contaminated imagine walking someplace in a room like you're contaminated i think about the coronavirus you know it's kind of like that so maybe even worse and so basically she was treated like not a person but she was treated like a disease so when you think about what she was like, I'm thinking she was either single or divorced, probably, and because um, at that time uh, men either divorced their wives if they couldn't have children or they wouldn't marry women who were incapable because this would make her capable of having children. So, uh, and then her situation was even escalated at, um, because at that time, I mean, it's hard for single women now. You know, and I'm sure she was thinking, imagine what it was like for her. And because back then, single women just had no, no source of income. And so, uh, no source of, no way of earning an income. So, the thing about hope, when you talk about hope, it's, it's really hard to find hope when you're under this cloud of shame and when you've tried so many things. Imagine. And uh, let's look at verse 26. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better but rather grew worse. You know, um, my guess is that there's a lot of people, men both, that can relate to this woman. You've tried so many things. <laughs> to make your life work with uh, no results. And this woman, she had many failures, and um, she ran out of money uh, to even keep trying. And like I mentioned, uh, what, were her, what did she have for treatments? Well, guess what? <laughs> she didn't have, the, she didn't have the, uh, the doctors and the physicians that we had today, obviously. So, but what she had, so, so what they did back then it was magic and sorcery. They were the they were uh, the common remedies for disease at that time. And so um, so what physicians did they used uh, herbal cures and uh, uh, and then surgery. Uh, they did they did surgery back then, but it was a last resort because uh, it was always performed under uh, without anesthesia, of course. And so often this would surgery would kill the person instead of curing them. Now, perhaps you know, you may not know exactly what this woman went through, but perhaps you know what it feels like to lose hope. You know, before we moved to the Pacific Northwest, um, I, uh, I experienced this, a struggle with my faith. And I didn't know what, I, I lost hope. I didn't know how I was going to climb out of it. And, um, and when we moved here, I thought, well, I'll just, it'll just go away. And I was in a new place, but my heart was in the old place. My heart was still, I felt like this failure. And the outcome of 
my experience was that I, um, I came to this conclusion in my life. I mean, I, 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 I uh, rationalized this happened, that happened, this happened, this, this did, this happened here. And so I, I did the math, and I came to the conclusion that God just didn't like me. He might love me. I mean, I believed in this you know, scriptures, you know, and I was going to be with Jesus when, you know, I had faith in Jesus and all that. But, you know, the problem is, is I didn't even know if he loved me, but I knew he didn't like me. And so imagine, imagine the irony here. Now, I have a seminary education, you know, a master's of divinity, and I, I majored in God. I mean, I'm at the seminary, so... I'm learning Greek words and Hebrew words. I'm studying scripture like it's coming out of my head. And so I'm the one, and then we pastor church. So guess what? I'm the one that's supposed to be encouraging you. I'm the, I'm the expert, right? Uh, but I, so the, I, this, the irony is I was in, supposed to encourage other people that God loves them, but I couldn't grasp it and believe it for myself. So I felt like a, a fake and I think that many people are wrestling with issues, issues everywhere. And I think there's people here today that are wrestling with issues in their life. And I think there's uh, crisis, trauma, shame. I mean, you name it. There's, there's a lot of people that are, that are in this place where this woman was in that they're wrestling with this, with this lack of hope. And, and, and they're, they're striving, and they, they, they can't find a solution for their problem. Uh, so, um, and many people, I think, are grasping at straws, trying to find solutions uh, for their challenges. For example, um, young adults um, are reporting the highest levels of stress and depression uh, of any other generation at the same age. So I have this quote from um, uh, Amy Edmondson of Harvard, Harvard Business School. She says that uh, everyone at work there has two jobs, and the other is the job of looking good. You know, now that's, that's pretty stressful. And so, but I want to go back uh, to this uh, suffering woman. So you can see that the Jesus reputation follows him everywhere he goes. So there's all these huge crowd of people following him. And then verse 27, I'm going to read part of it. She says, when she had heard about Jesus, so somehow in the midst of her suffering, maybe she heard the neighbors talking, or maybe uh, he was so popular, she must have heard about him some way. So after 12 years, she's like, oh my gosh, 12 years of bad doctors, fail, false hopes, and a bad life. Um, you know what? She's thinking like she's ready to take a chance. What do what, what I got to lose? And uh, with Jesus in the area, she finally can go where he is. And she can, you know, she's coming to her place, you know, and where she's living. So, so amazingly, this is what I, this is what is so uh, courageous and so, uh, so interesting about this woman that she, she refuses to give in. 
And so when she hears about Jesus coming in a region, some, I think something outside of herself, um, and I think there's this seed of faith someplace that began to start to grow, and she comes to this decision. And this is what she decides. This is what I believe she decides. She says, you know what? I've tried everything. If I, if I can't fix this, maybe, just maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But just maybe, maybe, maybe there is someone, this Jesus, maybe this Jesus is the answer. So let's just think about her, uh, what she's thinking, and and. Imagine how she must feel, and there's this crowd of people, and uh, she must feel self-conscious, I would, afraid, you know, uh, for this, what seems like a small thing for some, for anybody else, well, I'll just be in the crowd and follow Jesus, it's a big thing, this is a bold move for her because of these religious, she's surrounded by these religious uh, people, and what would happen, imagine their horror if they found out what she was going through. They probably tried to keep her away from Jesus. And so, so here she is. She's, imagine her just, here she is, just these, these crowds of people just stampeding like, like this cattle around her, and, and they're trampling and trembling. They're, they're trying to move their way to Jesus, and they're competing like, who's, you know, we need to get ahead, we need to get Jesus, and kind of like a line for, I suppose, a, a, a concert or something where everybody's just rushing in line to get in line. And, and, uh, and you know, when you, she sees these people, you know, what are the odds? All these people. What are the odds of her, of, of her even approaching him, even getting close? What are the odds? Everything is stacked against her. Have you been ever in a situation where the odds are just against you? This is happening. This is going on in my life. The odds are so far against me, against this miracle I need in my life. And, she's, and then she's not even allowed to touch any, anyone. And this is com complicated by the fact that, you know what? Jesus is already on his way to heal somebody else. He's on his way to do something. And so she's not even part of the, she's not even part of the agenda you know, not the crowd's agenda anyway. And um, so the, her chances are so slim. And then, of course, she had her work. We know she had her work cut out for her. And you find in another place in Mark's, uh, Mark's uh, uh, chapters, another chapter three, that, uh, that he talks about, Mark talks about Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, people, she wasn't the only one that people tried to touch him just, they all just wanted a piece. Everybody wanted a piece of Jesus. And so, like this woman, they were all desperate. All these people were desperate. Maybe there's curious onlookers, but they were all desperate to find a way out, most of them, to be delivered. And so I think about today, I think about this crowd of people and how hopeless um, they must have been, you know, before Jesus. They knew Jesus was coming. And, and I think that we're living in this season 
of hopelessness. I mean, how do I know? How do you know? Well, look at the news. Look at, uh, I mean, I could stand here for an hour and tell us, and you already know all the things that are going on. Every kind of crisis. You know, you know that we're in you know, medical, social, national, global, environmental, whatever, and uh, we're worried about everything from floods to landslides and to, you know, and my husband would say a zombie apocalypse. And uh, the th thing is, is that people, I know I do, I, I need more than just solutions to my problems. Because then I'm just going to go on to the next one. And there, I need something deeper. I need, I need more than problem-solving skills. I need something deep when I'm going through this. I need hope. I need hope. And, and here's the thing. In spite of her discouragement, something, something inside this woman is driving her to take a chance. So it's kind of like this, the sun, this dark, imagine this dark sky and this sun is peeking through the clouds. And all of a sudden, yeah, yes. And then there's this ray of hope. When the clouds are breaking, this ray of hope breaks through, I believe, in her life. And I can almost heal, feel these wheels turning in her mind. Uh, because when you think, you read the story, um, she didn't even ask Jesus to heal her. She acted on her own initiative and just tried to get up to him. And so she sees the mob pressing to him, each wanting an individual attention, and then she comes up with this idea, you know, I can just, I can go like this, and I can just reach, and I can just get close. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I can't touch him because there's all these people, and, but you know what? Maybe I can do one thing. Maybe I can just touch. Maybe I can just reach and touch, touch the hem. That's all I need to do. It's not rocket science. All I need to do is that. And so she's thinking this, and, and so in the midst of her suffering, this out-of-option woman takes a chance, and at risk of exposure by being singled out of the clouds, she reaches out and she comes closer and closer and closer. Yes. And she touches him. And the, and the Bible says she came, first twice, behind in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And we know the story, familiar, many of you are familiar with the story, that her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed um, of her disease. And the moment this happens, the moment she has, she's instantly, instantly made well. But then, we thought it was over. Okay, she's like, oh, oh, thank you. I'm all healed. Then she hears this voice, and this voice is, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? This was Jesus' voice. She recognized his voice. And so, and so of course, you know, Jesus, I think, he knew she, she was. He wasn't asking that. 
He knew who this woman was. He knew all about her. He knew her from the day she was born. He knew everything she was experiencing. But what he wanted to do is he, would, he wanted to elevate her in, in front of the crowd and honor her for her faith. And so, so what happens is that so she comes, uh, the story uh, ends, the story kind of ends and that the woman knowing what had happened to her came, came in fear and trembling, this is verse 33, uh, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She, look how she reacts, she was afraid. And he says, he reassures, he says, you know, calls her daughter. He knew her. He, she was his daughter, he's his daughter. Um, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So in these single words, in this one event, imagine one, one moment. In one moment, she, she goes from being no options to, 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 being, to Jesus breaking the power of her shame, and he restored her. He didn't just break the power of her shame, he restored her to the community. When Jesus does something, it's all done. He doesn't sort of do anything, sort of, you know, die for our sins, sort of raise, get raised from the dead, sort of this. <laughs> so he, it's all there. He does it totally, a total work. So um, this story... Back to me. Let's talk about me now. So this story about what I thought this, this woman's stubborn hope because she doesn't give up. Uh, when I was in my crisis, it became an inspiration uh, in my crisis in faith. And so what I did is I, I didn't have any place to go. I mean, I, I didn't have, nobody emailed me and I, to be for a job or anything. I, didn't, I wasn't a pastor anymore. Um, I wasn't a, I, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any uh, jobs um, related to the church or anything. And so what I did was I, 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 I had this idea, I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll write, I'll just write books. So what I did is I took these um, sermons that I preached in our church in um, the Bay Area and I put them all in a book. And, and uh, all about uh, women in the Bible. But it didn't end there. So, but lately, I've been rethinking this whole story. What really happening? You know, what's, what's really going on? You know, we have so many people thronging Jesus, hoping to touch him. So many people, they're working so hard, working so hard to touch him. You know, people are scrambling and uh, around pushing to find Jesus, and people are looking for hope in so many issues. And I, I think about myself, um, I think about myself, you know, praying hard and working so hard and hoping, hoping to get an answer and hoping that maybe Jesus will just speak to me if I just like the crowd, if I just keep working, 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 working. If I just work, and maybe you're thinking if I just, you know, 
my way of touching Jesus if I just maybe work hard enough or if I just try to do the right thing or say the right prayer or maybe if I'm just spiritual enough and maybe if I just read my Bible, you know, over and over again and uh, maybe if I, here's what I think, maybe if I just try to please God and maybe, maybe with me, maybe God will like me if I do all these things. Um, but the good news, here's, 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 the, here's, the, the, here's the conclusion I came to is good in my life. Is this, here's the good news is that all these people clamoring for Jesus, but the good news is uh, I love the way Paul describes God as the one who does not dwell in temples made with hands so that they should seek the Lord and hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each of us. So we don't have to wrestle our way through a crowd like the woman in the story, hoping to catch up to him, just to touch him. You know why? Because Jesus is here. He's right here in this room. He's here. I don't have to go grab on the crowd. I don't have to try and try and try and try. He's here right now. This, you know, you talk about reality. Well, this is, this is your reality. This is my reality that Jesus is right here. And because of his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his sending of the Holy Spirit, you know, there's no, there's no barrier between us. There's no, there isn't anything I need to overcome to Jesus, for Jesus to be here with me in his presence right now in my life. He's right here. And he broke down. You think, well, how do you know? Well, you know why? Because he broke down all these walls. Because, uh, because he is our peace. He has made both one and has broken down the wall of separation. And I worship a God who is more than within reach because he's here. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come up right now. And I, as they come up, I'm going to ask you to stand. Stand as they're coming. And I, I'm going to ask you with faith to, as they play... I, I want you to um, just to lift up your hands if you, if you want. You don't have to. You don't have to. But, but right now, as they play, we're going to be we're going to be in the receiving mode. This is about receiving. This is about receiving. I have sensed today that there's um, issues here, like. Receiving, like maybe there's anxiety. You're, anxi you're anxious. It's fearful. You receive God's peace. Receive His peace. And um, as we stand, if um, my, uh, if you want, uh, you there's an aisle. If you want special prayer or something, my husband and I can pray while we're worshiping. And we'll we'll uh, in just a few minutes we'll uh, lay hands on you. But Right now, let's just uh, receive.
Receive, receive the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to be filled. Receive, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to be shame, guilt. You've been, you know, this guilt, you've been wearing this guilt. And, and I don't even know, it's, I don't even know what it's about, but this guilt just, oh, it just wants to break that off you right now. It's going to break. Just receive that. Receive that. Receive that. So forgiveness, some of you, and now we can receive forgiveness because he's ripe, he's wiped out the handwritings. And he's wiped out the handwritings that were on the wall against us. He's wiped it out when his death, his death is complete. See, he's died for everything that you've ever done, and his forgiveness is here. So just receive that. Receive forgiveness. It's here for you today. Some of you need grace. Receive that grace. You need grace for what you're going through right now. Yeah, just keep doing, just keep your hands up. Keep receiving, keep receiving. And um, maybe that uh, there's someone that you, uh, Jesus is here. He's the power. He's the power to save you, save you right now. Um, the, the Bible says that to all who received him, he gave them the power to become the children of God. So if you need Jesus today, or maybe you need to recommit your life today or now, just receive it. Receive it right now. Just ask Jesus into your life. Just receive it. Receive it. And some of you need hope today. Jesus has hope because he's here. He's here. We think of him as somewhere else. Oh, he couldn't be here. He can't be in our church. He's, he's probably somewhere else, maybe these big spiritual centers. But you know what? He's here. How do I know? Because the Bible says he's here. Because the Bible says he's the great I am. And he fills. He fills everything. He fills the universe. And he fills us. So while we're praying, if you need a special prayer, just keep praying and and, and worship the Lord. And if there's anything else that you need, I might have mentioned not all, all of these things, but if there's anything else you need, um, uh, just pray and just receive it. Uh, receive that filling of the Holy Spirit. If you want, you want to be filled with the Spirit, you want the gifts of the Spirit in your life. You know, um, it's not, sometimes you think, well, it's for somebody else. It's not for me. We receive that. It's for you. This is all you. This is all about you. This is for you today. So we're just going to keep uh, worshiping, and I'm just going to uh, challenge you with faith. And, and because the thing about it is, is this is um, uh, this when we talk about praying. Well, well, this is uh, this is the environment with which we pray. We pray knowing that He's already here, and prayer is just a a response to that. So. What we're going to do is, uh, if you want a special uh, us to pray with you, you can just step out in the aisle, and then uh, and then just continue to worship, and then we thank you, and then I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for being here today, and we thank you for what you're going to be doing in each one of these lives.
you for you. Some of you need healing in your body today. 